road again. Hi there. Welcome to Texas Energy Lab, your source for conversation about life, sustainability, and innovation in the Lone Star State. Uh, you can find our back episodes, or even this episode, if you like it enough, uh, on txenergylab.com. Uh, our show airs every Saturday at 6 o'clock on Talk 1370 AM. As always, thank you to our title sponsor, Freedom Solar Power. You can learn more about them at freedomsolarpower.com. Uh, I'm joined, thankfully, by my auditory better half, Sharon Harder. Sharon, this is going to be a, a futuristic technologic episode. <laughs> Why don't you uh, introduce our guest? We are going to see a demo of the future. So thank you, McKay, and this is Sharon Harder. We are excited to welcome to Texas Energy Lab this week, Katie Ryan, who works for Watt Time, and she's going to explain what that is and what Watt Time does. Um, and Katie also has a lot of interesting background and, and experiences, um, including in sustainability at NRG and um, in communications, marketing, PR, and your first job at a college, which I want you to tell us about yourself. Sure. I can't do it justice. Oh, sure. So, A, thank you uh, for having yeah, welcome, me. Welcome, welcome. So nice to be here. My first job out of college was driving the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. I would it. say um, it was a fairly, fairly low bar on the sustainability scale. Um, it's a very uh, fuel-intense uh, vehicle, uh, the the large hot dog on wheels, if you haven't seen it. But it's, uh, it's sometimes seeing what not to do is the best path to understand what to do. Right? You know, it was a beautiful experience in building community. Mm -hmm. uh, we're fairly beloved, the, the Wienermobile. Um, my official position was called hot dogger, uh, the hot dogger community. I think uh, one thing, though, that has remained consistent is um, I'm currently vegan, but at the time was vegetarian. And I wow. thought, I, I thought <laughs> That's for some cognitive dissonance. Yeah, I thought for sure I would get asked in the interview, do you partake in our products? Does your baloney have a first name? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, but that actually was more of the question. Like, <laughs> sing me the jingle uh, was part of the, uh, like, later round interviews. I love it. That's yeah. a marketing-driven company right there. It's all about the jingle and the name, not about uh, yeah. whether you eat the product. Well said, marketing-driven. <laughs> totally. So tell us, how yeah. did you get from there to where you are today at what time? Sure. So I graduated from the University of Texas with a business honors degree and interviewed for the Wienermobile position and got to drive around the country, see small towns and big towns, and then as Spread part of the that, hot dog gospel, as it were. As it were. Um, and we got to talk to different media folks and people were always really happy to talk to us. Um, we were in various parades and things. And so when I came back, I thought, well, great. Like I had a friend who was doing communications and she said, come work with us. And so I did. And so uh, that started like a 10-year career in PR and communications and through there, um, working for an agency, represented clients that, you know, more and more became the mission-driven clients. So that was kind of my transition as I started working on, you know, mainframe software, uh, which definitely has value, yes. but, but moved over more into education technology, which was really powerful, seeing how kids could learn through 3D science um, experiments, and that was really awesome. And then had the opportunity to go in-house, wanted to be more a part of a corporate community and be a part of the strategy pieces and found myself at um, Green Mountain, which was 100%, is still 100% renewable um, electricity retailer. Operating um, here in Texas, right? Yes, um, which is a beautiful thing. 
and just really became enamored with the energy industry, um, like the, the beautiful parts of the energy industry. That's a really powerful place to reach scale when it comes to addressing important issues like climate change. And that kind of uh, grew, I grew from being their PR person into moving over to the parent company NRG's sustainability team where we set really aggressive carbon goals, 90% reductions um, in our carbon emissions, which is enormous for um, a huge generation operator like NRG. And and really loved the strategic um, way to talk about how we can holistically have an economic and environmental and social justice impact as an organization like NRG, which was really big. Um, and then when it was time to move on from NRG, joined the Watt Time team, um, which, you know, continued to align with working in energy and um, most important to me, having a really scalable impact. I think that's probably been the thing that's most important to me in sustainability is how can there be um, systemic change? Mm-hmm. And the work that we're doing at Watt Time, um, I'm their director of partnerships. The work that we're doing at, at Watt Time is centered around giving people choice in choosing cleaner energy, which if you think about it is kind of interesting because you know you can think about all the different things we purchase as consumers and we generally have choice in you know what kind of school we send our kid to and where we can um, buy our groceries from and and all of you know who our farmer is. And when it comes to energy, you just kind of sign up and you don't get to choose who the power plant is that provides your electricity. Yeah. And, and choice starts yes. with under uh, awareness, right? Or insights. And that and is that, you know, that's I think that's that's the first thing is like I don't know. I have no idea what happens when I turn on a light switch, you know. E- even if even if I'm buying, you know, a renewable energy product, right? In Austin in Austin Energy, yes. we can sign up for, you know, for wind. But or for renewable energy, but we still don't know what happens. Like, what's actually generating the electrons that? Yeah, and that is what started the whole Watt Time. Um, it was a you know, it still is a movement, but you know, now as an organization of you know about ten employees um, with a vast volunteer network of people who still put in their time with us, mm-hmm. and that, it was that exact question: is like, okay, so what exactly happens when I turn on my light switch? Um, And so the way that we have addressed that is basically there's like two big pieces to it. It's a timing issue and it's a location issue. And we have all of the combined algorithms and historical data and future data on knowing exactly which power plant responds when you turn on your light switch. Um, And this becomes really powerful because there are actually like 70% of our devices don't actually need electricity constantly. Mm -hmm. They are flexible in their energy use. And so what we've done at Watt Time is taken all those algorithms and machine learning capabilities and basically turned it into two lines of code. It's really simple that any smart device can just implement right away. And it optimizes to choose when cleaner energy is available versus dirtier energy with a way that you guys wouldn't even notice. I mean, it's kind of amazing, but it really doesn't impact cost or comfort or functionality. Wow. I know. Uh, So uh, we definitely want to get into that more, uh, but we've got to pay some bills. So we're going to go to commercial real quick. Uh, You're listening to Texas Energy Lab on Talk 1370 and or the internet. 
Uh, see y'all after the radio version of Two and Two. Just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is making music with my Talk 1370. Welcome back to Texas Energy Lab on Texas Talk 1370 AM. This is Sharon Harder, your host, along with McKay Proctor. And this week we have Katie Ryan from Watt Time in our studio. And right before the break, you were telling us what Watt Time does and how it works. And, you know, it's, I will confess that, like, I still need a little more, like, exactly how does it work in in everyday terms. Like, can you, can you tell us a little bit more about how yes. the two lines of code yes. create a more insightful and, um, you know, cho- more choice in energy? Sure. So let's talk about um, if your refrigerator was... Is running. <laughs> catch it. Um, is if your refrigerator was plugged into um, either a watt time enabled smart plug or was watt time enabled itself? So most people think that their refrigerator is running all the time. Um, But matter of fact, it just needs to run for a few minutes every hour to keep the cold stuff cold. So the fridge doesn't actually care where, what minutes in that hour it charges from. And so we can, what time can basically say, okay, hey, the grid is um, about to have like a a surplus of wind energy. Let's run at that time versus turning on when I know that if I turn it on right now, it's going to cause a coal plant Mm. to come in and respond to um, to that need. Because basically, you know, the electric grid is a beautiful thing and it has to manage supply and demand precisely at the right time at that exact location. Right. And so really every time you're something in your house needs energy, there is exactly a plant, a power plant that responds to your specific need. So for a refrigerator, we know how many minutes it needs to run in a cycle. And so we'll look at the whole hour and say, okay, it needs to run, you know, between 11.15 and 11.20 instead of running between 11.20 and 11.25. And those small adjustments make a big difference because now you're potentially using renewable energy that was going to be wasted otherwise. Um, If you're in the energy industry, curtailment would be that term. Mm -hmm. Um, For other people, it's just like it all just gets thrown away, which is like uh, just kind of like dagger in my heart. Yeah. so, so that is kind of how it plugs in. Is it? It intelligently know to tells a you know quote unquote dumb device a better time to run. Um, So Katie, you were one of our first guests in the history of the Texas Energy Lab to bring in an electrical prop. Yes. Uh, So why don't you tell the people out there in Radio Land who can't see the lovely soft light that you have bathed our studio in, uh, what's going on with this lamp? Sure. So, I I mean, it's not... um, it's not uncommon to be a little bit like baffled by this technology. Glad I'm not alone. Totally. So having something tangible to be able to look at is really helpful. So basically what I've done is I've taken a smart plug, which has um, a signal from Watt Time powering it uh, that is monitoring what is going on right now in Austin, Texas. And it is telling us, telling the lamp um, that I have it plugged, that I have plugged into that plug when when is a good time to run and when is a good time to not run? So 
WattTime can do a variety of different, um, you know, on-off signals. And the current signal that we have is really conservative. So basically, the smart plug that we have now is plugged in to say, okay, in every 15 minutes, it needs to turn on for at least five minutes. Super conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there is a time where the light will go out, so currently the light is on, it means that coal would be the next power plant to come on if this were to, if, if this device were to keep running. So, so it's, it's yeah. sort of like the canary in the yes, coal plant. Yes, 100%. That's a great, great analogy. Yes. Um, Sharon's kicking me under the table for that terrible pun. I'm, I'm sorry, everybody. It's but beautiful. I laughed. Yeah. I did laugh. <laughs> um, so that gets into a really cool idea. We have a lot of people come in and talk about sourcing uh, on, on the show just because it's a big part of, of you know finding uh, sustainability in our day-to-day lives. But I think that energy is something that gets overlooked in that equation, right? People think about, well, you know, if I want to have green energy, I've got to make green energy. I've got to have uh, that on site. But uh, this gets into like a really cool idea of knowing exactly where your energy is coming from and how to optimize for that. So uh, can you talk about, you know, how that interacts with people's day-to-day lives? Sure. Again, I really feel like it just gives people choice in how their electricity gets to their house. Um, I think, you know, if we talk about Texas specifically, um, it's a state that has done really well when it comes to making sure that that renewable energy that's on our grid isn't thrown away. And so, you know, the big way that Texas has been able to manage that is by adding additional transmission lines. So, you know, you guys probably know this history, but we built a lot of wind farms in West Texas, but the need for a wind farm is not in West Texas. It's in our metropolitan areas. And getting there was kind of a problem. It's kind of like a traffic problem. And so we essentially built more lanes of road um, in electricity terms, built more transmission lines. So now that wind power can actually get to these cities. Lanes and of road in the sky. <laughs> lanes of road in the sky. Um, so we, you know, that's how Texas has solved the problem, which is so great because now we don't throw away a lot of renewable energy. But other states, as renewable energy continues to come onto the grid, are going to face the same problem. And transmission lines are expensive and they take a while to build. And so Watt Time is hoping that we can come in and, you know, do have the same kind of success that Texas has had building transmission lines, but do it in the form of, you know, adjusting when devices actually run in your house. So that that, that way we can um, use the, the use the clean energy on the grid instead of throwing it away. So you talked about scalable impact, right? Yes. In, the, in the first segment, and and I'm you know I'm wondering you know it's one thing when you're talking about a light or a refrigerator or even an HVAC, even at one company, right? One a commercial HVAC. What you know does what time really need to be implemented? By you know, at scale, by a vast number of you know users of energy on the grid, in order to, you know, to kind of get to that massive change. Like, what does it take to get to that scale? I mean, we're at this really interesting time where smart devices are on the rise, um, and so and and that's globally. You know, billions of smart devices will be on the grid by twenty twenty, and that's really where Watt Times Power is going to come into play. Is if all of these devices are optimized with watt time technology, it's going to be a really simple solution. I mean, I keep thinking about how, you know, there was a time where you would walk into a restaurant and say, well, like, would you like to sit in the smoking section or the non-smoking section, right? <laughs> and now that's not even a thing. And it feels to me the same kind of scalability as possible with watt time technology because in an ideal world, you'll purchase a smart thermostat and it will be optimized for 
you know, emissions reduction, and you won't have to think twice about it. Right. Um, so which there won't is, be any compromise, and you know, and yeah. no, no effort. Right. That's great. Um, and because it's two lines of code, like it doesn't change the cost. Like you won't have a consumer impact to having those two lines of code in there. Um, yeah. That's wonderful. So uh, we got to throw it to commercial real quick. Uh, yeah. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the future of Watt Time. You're listening to Texas Energy Lab on Talk 1370. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Texas Energy Lab on Talk 1370. This is Sharon Harder and McKay Proctor. Within the studio with Katie Ryan from Watt Time, and before the break, we were talking. We talked a little bit more about how Watt Time works and what what the, a little bit towards what the future might hold and how this might become a, a standard. And I wanted to. I was thinking about. We, I saw the Google um, data center um, case study or white paper, which I, I understand used Watt Time as a as a technology and the ability to map, you know, heat map as they called it in real time, like what their you know, what their energy, how greenhouse gas intensive their energy usage is. And I'm thinking back to a few years ago when they were just purchasing Rex, right? And then and then the next evolution for Google was purchasing on-site renewable, re, re, uh, renewable generation. And then now they're looking at, you know, even though we, we are purchasing 100% renewable and we have some on-site generation, like we still know that certain times, certain days, certain places, we're not, you know, we still have green, greenhouse gas intensive energy usage. So, Using that as kind of a platform to talk about, like, what's next? Like, how does Watt Time help bring that future? And then, you know, what does the future for energy management look like? And for Watt Time? Sure. So I'm so glad you brought up the Google example. It's just kind of one proof point of the impacts that this technology can have. Yeah. So, you know, Google is using kind of one aspect of what Watt Time can do, which is that real-time, location-based emissions that are happening right there, right now. Because we've unfortunately had to rely on historical data. So anybody in the sustainability world is really familiar with this idea that you only get data from the EIA once a year, which doesn't really allow you to make real-time adjustments. You know, it's kind of like if you were only to be able to access your bank account once a year and see what you had done, well, you couldn't actually go back and change any of your decisions because maybe now you're really in debt. And I just had a miniature heart attack. <laughs> right? So I mean, you. right? It's terrifying. And so with Watt Time, we can move into this real-time, you know, watching, adjusting, um, informing, aspect of how we get and use energy. Um, and so, you know, Google's a great example of how we've been able to help them look at what they're doing. And I mean, it's impressive, right? They're the largest uh, purchaser of renewable energy in the country, the largest corporate renewable. I mean, this is a big deal for them to be able to do this. And yeah. I And I know other people will watch and see how successful they are and hopefully be able to copy this because that's another really great thing is this is something that like should and and hopefully will be copied amongst other people. Um, you know, one of the other interesting applications that Watt Time is doing um, is really about like, you know, that activation. So for Google, we're doing a lot of like, you know, measuring and helping make sure they have the right data. And the next piece is making that data actionable. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one way that we have done that is partnering with demand response aggregators and utilities to combine demand response with our solution, um, 
automated emissions reduction. And so we can offer a consumer, hey, you know, be a part of this demand response and um, and automated emissions reduction. And then instead of just, you know, having your air conditioner go off for a few hours, you know, six times during the summer, you know, that will happen, which will help avoid peaker plants. But all throughout the year, you'll also be automating for kind of like an environmental demand response. And so your thermostat will make these different adjustments all year long in addition to these demand response things, which is, I mean, obviously wonderful for people who are thinking about environmental impact. But if you're just thinking about it from a utilities perspective, consumers, uh, according to our research, has been have been shown to uh, adopt into one of these programs at three times um, the acceptance rates that they would normally get, which, you know, more people who are participating in these programs, the more impact it has, the more ability it has to shift which power plants are coming online and when. It's, it's efficiency cool. play for them. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, there's sort of a, a really beautiful, like, uh, you know, the creation will go on after the creator aspect of this. Like, yeah. uh, you guys want that those two lines of code to, to be the legacy of the company, whether the company has to exist or not. It, right. And I mean, you know, it's kind of an interesting thought is when this does become, you know, scaled, like, how else could we use this methodology of, you know, making the data available and actionable into other industries. So, gosh, it's really fun to work for an organization where maybe the problem that you're trying to solve could really be solved in a couple of years. Gasp. I know, I know. (laughs) And could lead to even bigger things. Right. Cool. So any is where where can people find out more about what time? Where can they get a what time enabled plug and you know anything else that you wanna want to leave us with. Sure. So, you know, whattime.org is our website. That's probably the easiest way to find information about us. I would say if you are listening and you um, work for an organization that is trying to reach really aggressive emissions reduction goals, we're a great place to start. I think if you work for a utility or a demand response aggregator, or you are out there creating a smart device, like we can get you those lines of codes today. Like it's all here now for everybody. Nice. Wow, that's uh, that's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> so you know, before we uh, we leave off for the day, do you have any you know, parting thoughts for the folks out there in Radio Land? I sure do. It is voting season, my friends, and these midterm elections are a big deal. And I just hope everybody exercises the freedom to vote. Because it makes you feel so good and it really makes you think about, you know, the the people who are leading us and making big decisions. And it's just, it's really important to get out there. And so I just, I really hope everybody takes time to vote in the midterm elections. Yes. Yes. I voted early. I've already voted. One of our more controversial stances as a podcast is that uh, we're pro-democracy and pro-freedom. So I'm glad that we can all be radicals together. (laughs) Yes. Uh, That's beautiful. Yes. I like the work in of freedom too. That was well done. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Slide to the money after under the table afterwards. <laughs> Incredible. Well, uh, I think that's all the time we've got for today. Great. Uh, Katie, it's been a joy and a half to have you. Uh, I feel like I've learned a lot about what time and, and the way that we can uh, balance our needs with uh, what we want out of our electrical lives. Uh, so, uh, 
Thanks for everybody who tuned in with us. We hope that uh, you're having a lovely day wherever you are. Uh, if you liked what you heard, you can hear more episodes of Texas Energy Lab at txenergylab.com. Uh, and if you really like the analog experience, you can uh, tune in every Saturday at 6 on Talk 1370 AM. As always, thank you to our title sponsors, Freedom Solar Power. You can find out more about them at freedomsolarpower.com. And we hope that everybody out there has a uh, lovely, innovative, and sustainable day. Like a man to get this, we go down the highway. We're the best of friends. And so stay